I'm on uh, LinkedIn right now, and I found one of my old professors on LinkedIn, um, and he died. Um, my school uh, is memorializing one of my professors. Now, the reason that I even remember this guy, because how many of your college professors do you even remember other than like mentors and stuff? Um, this guy, he was my intro to Integrated Chemical Earth. Um, he, so he was teaching like like the three laws of gravity. I, I have a degree in literature. This wasn't a real science class. He was my science teacher uh, in like this absurd like seventh grade level science class that I had to take. And we're learning about like the difference between like sugar and salt in this class. And then occasionally... <clears throat> He would break out like a worksheet and describe to us like the 12 tribes of Israel and their movements across the continent of Africa. And Let's how go. Yeshua the Christ was representative of Africanized people with woolly hair and dark skin. And that uh, uh, Jesus was certainly uh, what we would call black today. This was like a this was like a series of lessons he gave to us in the thing. And the dude was bald, like bald all over his head except like like lower than george costanza it had receded to such a degree but he had dreadlocks like oh, lifelong oh, yeah lifelong dreadlocks so <laughs> he's bald on top with dreadlocks like down to like his ass and he's telling us about <laughs> jesus and the 12 tribes of israel in this class that's supposed to be like H is the symbol for hydrogen. Like, <laughs> I I love psychotic professors. <laughs> well, he's dead now, um, and may he rest in power. Yeah, the only college professor that I remember was uh, the guy who went it on at length about how James Joyce had a really insane fart fetish and said oh, he could pick, dude. pick his wife's farts out of a lineup. Dude, there's uh, there, there was a there was a uh, uh, an emote on the Go Off Kings Twitch channel for a while, which was Stefan reading his like nasty fart letters. Yes, out yes, of, yeah. Oh, listen to fuck, that, dude. It's so dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I imagine hers are so much cuter than bigger maids or something like that. It's so Just the like craziest <laughs> fart fetish letters he's writing to his wife. <laughs> it's, like so like, it's like him being like, I can't wait to I, I, like, I just want to fuck your fanny and uh, and like hear a fart squeeze out with every push. <laughs> Like they're how so does, nasty. How does this That's come disgusting. up in like a relationship? How how does one broach the topic of like, oh, hey, uh, so I have I, I get really horned up when you fart. Like how, like that's like putting everything on the line. That like it could just be over. <laughs> <laughs> like you bring that up to the wrong person you know, and it's just over. You know what you do is you get really famous uh, in whatever you're doing, and then you just tell every woman you meet, "I'm really into farts." And then you lose. Yeah. Uh, what do you yeah. have for dinner? <laughs> hey, hey, what's Beans up tonight, I'm, Queen? I'm going to be the pride of Ireland until Ireland is sucked into the sea. Are you trying to let me sniff those farts, or what's up? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, uh, what, what did what did your professor story have to do with farts? 
Wow. That was my bad. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure if Don't there was like me a what it had line. to do with farts. I brought it up because I was on LinkedIn because of a conversation we started before Alex started recording, and I thought it would make a good cold open. I didn't start talking about farts. That was somebody else. No, this is a perfect. This is a perfect opening. <laughs> talking about farts, Dutch and welcome to Western Kabuki. Just the team here today, so that means Alex is going to have to actually speak. Sorry to our good friend, the producer Alex. How are you, Alex? Uh, I'm not super happy about having to speak. Also, we haven't done the clap yet, so we're already at, we're already let's, at a disadvantage. Right. Let's let's do the clap right now, and they can on hear. air. This, yeah, on air. Let's give people a little peek behind the curtain. We count down from five, and then we clap so that we get all our stuff synced up. Five, four, three, two, one. And that's called the um. That's called the Alex Goldman clap. He invented that. No other podcast <laughs> has figured out how to do this. Uh, I am Wag Nicholson, as always. So, Alex, I do want to ask you, um, because I sent you the fake intro <laughs> for the last episode that I wasn't on. Did you listen to it? Was there any chance you were going to play it? I did listen to it, and there was a chance I was going to play it, but we... we switched guests. Yeah, we switched, had a guest situation. And also, we like sort of changed direction in terms of... Um, yeah, in terms of. of sort of how we were going to do the I'm, show. So once Marcos was coming good. on, you knew it was over. Like we're not actually <laughs> going to talk about the thing that we were planning on. <laughs> and that's that's what I love uh, yeah. having Marcos. Yeah, yeah. not not a, yeah. not a negative at all. This no, is it's a, why it's a positive. This is why I haven't listened yet. I've been like saving it, and um, <laughs> I, I did. I discussed this in our production meeting, but at um, at Christmas Day with my family. Uh, my uncle was like, why weren't you in the last episode? And I was fully aware <laughs> the episode had dropped the day before. So what do you mean the last episode? Don't don't talk to me like you listen to every episode. That's crazy to me. <laughs> your, your uncle is the, the most dedicated Western Kabuki fan. I love Can it. Can we all give a big shout out to Uncle Ron? One by one. Big shout out, Uncle Ron. Thank you, Uncle Ron. Yeah, big Uncle Ron, Uncle sorry Ron. about the James Joyce stuff. That was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the fart stuff. We're going to do better in the future. Today we're talking about Alex Jones, um, which is really exciting because um, we haven't yet. Um, and as far as a survey of a villain goes, I can't think of a more rich vein to tap and a more unnecessary one as, a, as so many people have talked about Alex Jones ad nauseum. What could possibly be said about this motherfucker at this point? And I think what what prompted this, and I, I think we brought it up on the the previous episode, is Elon Musk let Alex Jones back on Twitter, which is like one of the few social media that he's like on to this day. Like, there's right. I can't think of any other like social media or even like like YouTube that he's even allowed on at this point. And after he made a declaration pretty early on that he was never going to bring him back because he didn't believe in, um, he thought that you know anybody who would victimize kids should never come back to the platform. Right. Less than a year later, by the way. <laughs> Less than a year. Yeah, and famously, uh, Alex Jones uh, f did said a lot of shit about children. He did. So Elon said he didn't want to have Alex back because of the Sandy Hook stuff. Because Elon, in a tweet, claimed that he had a child die in his arms and therefore did not want... Alex back on the platform. Now, of course, 
Elon was lying about that. It was his wife, Justine, whom the child died in the arms of. But Elon was in the room. And so he thinks, you know, it, it transfers. Honestly, if my child died in the same room I was in, I it's splitting hairs at that point. But I do just want to point out that Elon lied about that situation and also lied about that situation in order to say that Alex Jones would never be allowed back on his platform. So now that Eli, uh, Alex Jones is on his platform, I think that it is really good to talk about Alex. So I want to like ask you guys your background with Alex Jones because my guess is that <laughs> I, I have hopefully do ask this. <laughs> I my guess is that I have more familiarity than the rest of you, but I actually don't know one way or the other. I mean, I know him by reputation. I I mean, I first knew I first knew of him because of Richard Linklater movies because he was in like a scanner darkly and a couple other ones, or maybe it was waking life, waking life. He's, I think he's in both. And then other than that, like I just, I know him from his big media moments, like the moments in which I knew him as, I knew him as a crank early on. And then I knew of him as time went on as this person who just engaged in like ever increasing brinksmanship with uh, real people in ways that caused actual harm to people's lives. And then finally as this person who disappeared, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. June, what's your what's your background with Alex Jones? So I would say it's like mostly similar. I, I've d- despite like knowing about him for probably close to a decade now, I, I've never really done a deep dive into him. I've never really watched too much media that talks about him, like 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 uh, deep dive medias because people have done series on Alex Jones, like people have done series on Chris Chan. He's just like such a like a, a super fascinating uh, figure for, of course, all the wrong reasons, but. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, like like the first moment I heard of him. I, I don't know what it would have been. Um, when did the Sandy Hook thing happen? When, when did he so say Sandy, all that stuff? So that's actually a really good question. And I think that will actually lead us into a really good discussion about like the kind of guy Alex is. Uh, okay. Sandy, Sandy Hook is actually a really interesting thing. And I am drawing a lot of my information uh, when I talk about this from the podcast Knowledge Fight. I have linked their website and the sources... Um, Slide here. You guys should absolutely listen to Knowledge Fight. I listened to every episode of Knowledge Fight for their first like three years. I listened to like a backlog and got caught up while they were still a new show. And um, Knowledge Fight was like a three to four hour long podcast that would come out almost every day. And they would simply reply to InfoWars. Um, so I wouldn't listen to every episode because Alex repeats himself a lot. And that's first <laughs> and foremost. If you listen to Knowledge Fight every day, you are listening to Alex Jones every day. And if you are listening to Alex Jones every day, you're going to hear the same shit over and over again. Part of that isn't totally Alex's fault. Uh, he has a background in like AM radio. So talking about a one-hour story for four hours is kind of how they make their money. <laughs> it's not really, like, their fault, you know? They're talking to truckers. They're talking to essentially a captive audience who... That's, like, the the media for hogs. That's, like, the, that's like their primary intake is what it sounds like. Big... I, I've never really been a big, like, radio person. I know, like, you know, I know a lot of the, like, the big radio figures because right-wing radio, maybe not so much anymore, but, like, in, in like, the 2000s and 2010s especially, like, right-wing radio dominated um, a lot of and, and drove a lot of right-wing narratives, I feel like. Like, I feel like it's not really the case as much anymore. 
I oh, think like part of the reason that right wing cranks exist is like by by virtue of the fact that they had to fill up this time. Like, because what else are you going to do? You have like it's like when we do our podcast, even sometimes I feel like, oh, shit, like, are we going to be able to fill up like a two part or something? So what they do is they just get pissed off and they start ranting. And that's like I'll just say it's like somebody who's had to drive a lot for work with uh, kind of reactionary dudes and like construction from job sites and stuff like that's a big part of it. They're just repeating and playing the hits and, and yelling and, and getting pissed. So yeah, there's, there's definitely like, it's part of the conservative, I guess, zeitgeist just to be a pissed off guy in a truck. yelling. <laughs> and it seems fun. Like being like just it's screaming into a mic about whatever garbage, uh, like you, you, you can rile people up about like whether it be pronouns or as a pissed guy podcast. Go <laughs> so Yeah. Well, let's just do like radio bits. Every episode it's, is a new, like, new thing to get mad it's at. Not We're just that all fucking, yelling. The, 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 the worst part about it, the thing that's so annoying, and this is the same thing, this is the same way I feel about the Big Bang Theory. You can sit there <laughs> and you can watch the Big Bang Theory and you can be like, this is the stupidest <laughs> fucking show ever. Sit down and try to write an episode about the big bang theory there's a joke every 20 seconds every 20 <laughs> seconds there was a joke that's four jokes per page good luck motherfucker this is not an easy job that these guys do it's like you want to be like oh man it would be so much easier to yell into a microphone for four hours i'm not sure that it is easier <laughs> <laughs> i love that there's like a venn diagram out there that's conservative right-wing talk radio and the big bang theory it's all it, but that's the the thing is, is that it's like for a mass audience. So it's four hours of content. Big Bang Theory doesn't play one episode at a time on TBS. They play like six episodes. It's the same shit. I mean, Alex Jones and the Big Bang Theory have the same audience. And it is bored <laughs> white Americans who don't care what they're watching. <laughs> it's kind of true, actually. Yeah. The, the way that people intake the radio content, especially. Yeah. So, Caleb, what is your what is your history with this man? Yeah. So uh, it was like. God, 2002 or something like that, when FEMA became a part of the home Homeland Security, it was something like uh, that. Um, yeah. And that was like, uh, that was when he first came on my, this was uh, prisonplanet.com, not even oh, InfoWars. Uh, yeah, I remember Prison Planet. Yeah. So he, I think that was the name of a documentary he'd made. I don't really remember, but there was prisonplanet.com. Some, some of my friends like would sent me this thing about FEMA camps and how they're making concentration camps on American soil and how uh, <laughs> barbed wire was on the inside or whatever. And so like me and a couple of my friends actually fucking drove, tried to drive out so we could like get the inside scoop on these fucking <laughs> FEMA camps. We were like the bored teenagers or whatever. And, you know, there was no barbed wire on the inside of the fence. We couldn't even get that close or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> uh, from then on, it was like, uh, you know, and it wasn't out of like it, me wanting or believing this or whatever it was like holy shit that's crazy it's kind of like a, when you're a bored suburban kid back in the 2000s or whatever like before internet was what it was you just went and do stuff like we'd go ghost hunting or just a way to fucking go out and hang out with girls <laughs> or whatever that's why we did it yeah but, uh from then on that was like what put him on my um put him on my radar and then like one of my roommates would like unironically go down the Alex Jones rabbit hole, good friend of mine. And I lived with him for, for years and years off and on and uh, whatnot. So just kind of by virtue of the fact that he was always like super pissed about something, he went and I hope he's not listening to this because he's still a friend. So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> but he shout he, out to he, you uh, if you, if you're listening. Yeah. I'm not going to name him. Uh, any, any of my real life friends 
will know exactly what I'm talking about, but he went on this rant about incandescent light bulbs. And he definitely, I had to have the conversation with him about how he was scaring the hose at a party because <laughs> he was yeah. so pissed about the lights. Oh God. I love that kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I think, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I think FEMA, like, I don't know if I knew it was Alex Jones, but I remember when I was, like, young that that the FEMA camp scare um, yeah. was, like, a real thing. I don't know if I knew it was It wasn't just Alex or... Jones because it was, like, a big part of it was, like, well, a lot of the conspiracy guys and stuff. We'll, and a lot of we'll, it. Fr- we'll talk a little bit about the history of FEMA camps, actually. I, I have some information okay, you about got it that. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not in Amazing. the thing, but I can talk about it for sure. I, I am familiar with this. Um what what I was gonna say before though I, the the first like concrete moment and memory I have of being like oh this is Alex Jones I think is probably the the, the frogs gay that they're turning the frogs the gay freaking thing. frogs gay yeah I have that clip yeah. we're gonna hear that clip today uh, <laughs> we're definitely gonna talk about he the was right frogs he, he, he was, was he actually is right about that which is weird <laughs> and that is actually that is actually like the first thing I want to say there like. On his website, you can buy T-shirts that say Alex Jones was right. Um, <laughs> you can also buy uh, Team the Family shirts with the date seventeen seventy six and some stick figures of a nuclear family together. Um, oh, geez. You can also buy stuff to make your brain better, to make your sex drive higher, or to uh, increase your energy, make it easier to sleep. Any of those things, you can go to infowars.com slash shop. Uh, to get any of that stuff as well. Don't go to Infowars.shop. I'm pretty sure that is a dummy website <laughs> set up to steal your credit card information. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <but> <laughs> you know, I, I so I've only I've seen like Alex Jones stuff in the wild before. The most recent time I was I was down, I was like exploring um like an abandoned um farm down in chicago and when i was like going like i I was going up to the farm there was like a light post in in the street and i saw it was like i think probably his website the the infowars.com and i was like holy i had to do like a triple take and i was like what the fuck people like love this shit people go wild for it so just a little bit of like primer for alex jones most people know who Alex is or what InfoWars is as like the conspiracy show. Um, And just having listened to so much of his content and listened to so much like reaction, listened to so much content of people reacting to what he has to say, I will say that he, he is a very different figure than I think what, what exists in the the popular consciousness. Um, Alex Jones appears to be a total unrepentant psycho. Uh, He appears to be the media figure that is like, well, at least I'm not Alex Jones. I watch watch right-wing media, but I'm watching Sean Hannity... I'm not watching Alex Jones. I'm watching uh, a refined taste, uh, a mainstream conspiracy theorist. I'm watching conspiracy theories, but I'm listening to last last podcast on the left and Wendigoon. Neither of those guys are like bad people, but I'm just saying it's like I also know about Alex Jones, where I dip my toes into it. And a lot of people, what I think a lot of people don't realize is how convincing Alex is when you listen to him, and even. I think anybody who listens to his show will go in with the attitude that he could not possibly believe what he is saying. (laughs) 
And I think that is Alex's greatest strength. If you are like, and I have this slide here. We have images from when he was very young and hot and a bodybuilder. A bunch of other pictures of when he's not young and hot with his shirt off. He's wearing a tinfoil hat. He's in a, 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 a the movie. He's being found <laughs> guilty for defamation in the Sandy Hook trial. These are like the pictures I have on here. But what you like don't see when you see these images if you grab these still shots if you take the freaking frogs gay thing if you take the 45 days later and he's just redder than he was before thing you get this like image of a ridiculous guy but i think what a lot of people don't see because they don't watch his show is that he will post a picture of himself before and after and be like 45 days the change was dramatic and I'm looking at the pictures right here. And to be honest, folks, they're not that dramatic. But 45 <laughs> days, and we're selling at half price. So we can get this sold off shelves, two for one deal. Pick it up, <laughs> InfoWars.com. And it's he like, really said uh, toothpick changes everything. Is, yeah, is what I mean, he's he did. But <laughs> but if you but if you're like oh he just looks redder in the second picture it's like yeah he kind of said that in the ad pitch he kind of said I don't look that different but it's only forty five days might as well buy this stuff anyway and that's a salesman pitch that's a that's a sales thing that's like you put out a pitch that has an easy uh 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 counter to it. Where you can say, hey, you should buy this thing because of X. And they're like, well, I don't really need to do X. Wow. So you don't need to do Y either? <laughs> and that's like that's what Alex does. That is Alex's stock and trade. Is like we have this super male vitality. It gives you more energy. They say it makes erections last longer. I never had any problems in that department, but a lot of people do. No shame there, no problem at all. We're gonna get the super male vitality out. Uh, fourteen ninety nine. If you buy the second one, it's only ten ninety nine. You could get the super female vitality for that if you've uh, got a lady friend or uh, somebody who might benefit from it. And give it to your mom who see how she does with it. That's like his whole. <laughs> I would, I would love to know the the woman uh, demographics, like the 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 gender demographics of his audience. He says I, it's I would like really 50, 50. He says it's no. 50, 50. I don't believe that. No way. <laughs> I do Source. not. Trust me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, of all things, like that, I I would believe other things that he would say more than he he would talk about his. You his think demographics. that? But then you look at him; he's so hot. It actually makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? Actually, so, Alex's big uh, thing is is that he's not hot, but he's not that <laughs> ugly. I he just looks. <laughs> Like a regular guy, like yeah. literally. If you had never heard of Alex, you and I Jones, have pretty much the same body body type. Like I, I could be Alex Jones. He, I, I could see him being like an extra, like like a character that gets killed in two episodes on The Sopranos. Like he looks like he could just be <laughs> like an extra that dies. He's that kind of guy too. I mean, he he is. Dude, if he was born in Jersey instead of Texas, he would be like. He would be, yeah. No, his his trajectory would be so much different. He would be he would be in the mafia. He would be like the final mafia leader. Do you guys remember that story of like a mafia leader getting killed in like the driveway a couple of years ago? That would have been him instead. That guy was killed by he a would have been there. Guy. That guy was killed by a QAnon oh, guy. Fuck. <laughs> but that that guy that guy that died was like a mafia member. Yeah, I think yeah, his, he was a yeah. he was a cat. He was a boss. This wasn't yeah, his yeah. name, but it's very close to his name. I think his name was Luigi Minestrone, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't his name, but it's extremely. 
perfectly close. Yeah. Oh. And some guy who probably loved Alex Jones was like, he's trafficking children. I have to do something about this. But it was like shitty suburban Long Island house. I'm just fucking got him, dude. Oh, man. I, I remember shit, Alex that's Jones. That's an info warrior right there. So that, so that yeah, was he like. He created a, like an army to, to oppose the other life he could have had. <laughs> that, was an early, that was an early knowledge fight thing, too. That happened like when knowledge fight was either a show or like right after they started. And so they had to like reckon with that story of like a QAnon supporter killed a mob boss in his driveway in Queens. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was wild. I think Alex had to like disavow the guy. I think Alex had to be like, well, he was a listener, but he wasn't really. <laughs> 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 he didn't really listen to the message. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, before we move on and before we start talking about like his background, I, there's a couple things I really want to say about like what Alex inhabits. And I think that a, a, a big part of Alex's draw is that he recognizes himself as a ridiculous figure. He wasn't uh, an extra in an episode of Beavis and Butthead. He wasn't in <laughs> uh, A Scanner Darkly and Waking Life because he doesn't get what he is. He knows what he is. And he kind of has always known what he is. And that doesn't mean he doesn't believe what he's saying. Uh, he is a true believer who knows his role. And I think that that is something that people have trouble quantifying, have trouble putting into a box and saying, like, okay, this guy is a fraud, <laughs> but he he's not lying, which is, like, not a... That's not a that's there's there's no he plays it up, but I think he believes in most of what he's doing. He wouldn't be doing I it do. for as long if he didn't. Yeah. Um yeah, so I have like these images here of him with the lizard mask and with the tinfoil hat. And the reason he <laughs> wore the lizard mask and the reason he wore the tinfoil hat is because he does bits on his show. A lot of his show is like sketches. And that was one thing that like I wasn't going to argue with people or whatever when Kanye went on there and started talking about how much he liked Hitler and he brought the net and Yoohoo, even though, oh God, I forgot about that. Even though shit. the drink is God, called was... Yahoo, Yoohoo is the drink from Hey Arnold. I and... thought you were making fun of him. <laughs> and net and Yahoo would actually be how it, the name is pronounced. So not totally sure what Kanye was doing on that day. <laughs> But <laughs> you could say that about any day and you would be like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. And it, I love that. If you don't remember. So if you don't remember, Kanye did. Um, he had a, a puppet thing that he had improvised and was doing Netanyahu and Elmo's voice uh, about how the, the Jews were going to take his kids away from him. And I know it was anti-Semitic and I know he was in the middle of a mental health crisis, but God damn it. It was funny. It just it was, was the, the Elmo voice was just so crazy. Like why was he, I, why, the Elmo because voice. he was puppeting them because he had two puppets and their names were net and you who <laughs> just and they were so net insane. and you who, I felt so concussed watching that, man. I watched that shit fucking live in my classroom when I was still teaching. I was at work. I was at work at my desk. Like I had an hour left of work and I I had that on my phone and I was trying not to like die die listening to this at work. It was that was such an insane day. So I do just want to say in Kanye's defense for that insanity. Oh boy. Alex does this. I don't this. think you need to say that. Alex does this. This is how Alex acts on his program. And we're going to see a couple like clips and stuff. And we're going to talk about it. 
Um, I have a couple of like greatest hits clips, and then I do want to talk about some of his more recent stuff because I think the recent stuff really informs. I watched, I watched three episodes of Infowars today, <laughs> and oh, what wow. I will say about those three episodes I watched is that. I didn't need more than half an hour of any of them. <laughs> so I do want to like you're like a Jesus Christ figure for this show. Sometimes. Nah, you, dude, you I truly used to watch yourself to torture. I used to watch. I used to listen to knowledge. Uh, I, like I was delivering pizza and binge listening to knowledge fight. I would listen to like eight up ep- eight hours of, of knowledge fight while I was working. And so that's like eight hours of like not only Alex Jones, but like uh like interpretation of Alex Jones, like understanding who he is, where he's coming from. And an understanding that deepens every episode because they are watching hours of Alex Jones. And just like for context with like Knowledge Fight, they were covering Alex when he was doing all four hours. Alex does not do a four hour show these days. Alex does not do a one hour show these days. (laughs) Alex does probably 40 minutes and then cuts to clips, and then every advertisement break has a skit afterward, and then the clips are just him saying what he already said live. He barely does half an hour of content these days. And I think that is like part of the thing that I think people don't know about Alex is he is very, very weak, and he casts a very weak figure even on his own show. And I think a lot of people think of him as being like the guy that tricked people into thinking Sandy Hook was fake, the guy who did X, Y, and Z, the guy loose change, all that stuff. I'm barely going to talk. I'm not going to talk about loose change in this. It's just not worth it. I mean, the 9-11, like, we can talk about 9-11 who the fucking, there's a lot more to say about Alex Jones than 9-11. And so it's like, he, he like, he has been doing worse and worse. His show has gotten worse. His guests have gotten worse. His content has gotten worse. And I am amazed he's still going because I stopped listening to Knowledge Fight like right as COVID hit because every episode of Knowledge Fight was the fucking same because every episode of Alex was the fucking same. And he was just like, the bioweapon terrorists, Chinese uh, <laughs> masks, uh, Buy my products. And, and it was like the I'll, whole show. I'll be real also. I'll be real. Like after he lost that court case, I don't know how much you have on that, but that recent court case where he owed like what? Like a billion, a billion dollars? dollars? I think it's four which billion. Which is it's, it's, insane. It's an unpayable amount of money. Yeah, I just, I thought he was done. Like I thought he would just d- didn't do the show so anymore. He, I thought that basically ruined So him. this is, so here's the order of events. And this is why it's like kind of interesting. Alex got a reputation for being like racist during the birtherism stuff and trying to get uh, Obama to show his birth certificate. Um, Alex Jones is actually an early adopter of birtherism, which is funny because he's not an early adopter of Trump. Um, he was also not an earlier adopter of Sandy Hook truth or 9-11 truth. He jumped on those bandwagons <laughs> later. And this I learned from Knowledge Fight. Knowledge Fight would do this thing where they would go back through Alex's archives and listen to like when Trump announced his presidency, what was Alex's show that day? And Alex's show that day was four hours about GMOs. He barely even mentioned Trump. And then uh, like a few days later, he mentioned Trump a little bit more, but said that he was probably a deep state implant and then talked about (laughs) GMOs a lot more. 
And then he talked about like bathroom bills or whatever 2015 people were talking about. And then like six months into it, he's like, Trump might be the real deal. And it's like, (laughs) if you're a Trump supporter, you probably are happy to have Alex on your side. But everybody else can see what's going on, right? Like Alex is just reading the writing on the wall and knows where he needs to insert himself. That that's also just kind of a really funny thing about like looking back at Trump, like his rise to like a lot of people, like a lot of like media people on the right were not in his camp right away. Like no. people kind of begrudgingly got on his side after a while. And Alex was the same way. He was not cutting edge. He was not at the forefront of that. That was game recognizing game, though. Like they, he, <laughs> he was like, oh, shit. This guy, he he like has very little interest in the truth, but he has a lot of interest in entertainment. I literally don't think. Yeah. He, I no, I don't think Alex even joined the Trump train until after. Because Jeb and Cruz stayed in a long time, but who like Chris? I think once Chris Christie dropped out, Alex Jones was like, "All right, Trump is the guy." I think Chris <laughs> See, Christie think was of- his guy beforehand. Chris Christie. See, that's the thing is like, there's not like, that's what's weird is like Trump as a person is such a like perfect analog to Alex Jones, because Alex, you're right. Like, they're both entertainers, first and foremost, like the entertainment is a selling point of their personality. I mean, you talk to anyone and I even agree with this. Like, I hate Trump. I I think he's an awful president. I think he's an awful guy. But it's he's undeniably just like the funniest president we've ever had. But Uh, in the same way that Alex is speaking to his audience, it's like any one of us watching, literally, like th- if you watched three episodes of InfoWars in their entirety tomorrow, you could do Alex's show no problem. Um, <laughs> maybe not the listener, but anybody on this call could definitely do Alex's show in three days, no problem. But they had this like staying power. It's not that like, what they do is that interesting. It's this like Zelig quality. It's this ability to be like, I know what a guy like me should be like in this moment, and I will be that guy. And that's such a weird talent that both Alex Jones and Donald Trump have. And it's probably for both of them, their only talent. They are only able to like be able to say the thing that their character should say in this moment. <laughs> they lock in. They 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 did the homework. They know. I'm cl- uh, like I I'm not discounting what he does. That's like not an easy skill to have. <laughs> but it is like it is what his skill is. It's not his Yeah. He's not an entertaining broadcaster. And we're going to play I'm going to play some longer clips of more recent show. I'm going to play I'm going to play the fun stuff too. But I'm going to play like longer clips later and you'll really get to hear like what the show is really like. So I want to move before on. We fully, before we fully move on, yeah. I, I just had a point to make uh, about something you said earlier about how he calls himself an entertainer, uh, like Alex Jones, and ha- how people don't quite know how to, um, like, un- like p- how people don't understand that he does, he, despite being an entertainer, he does believe what he believes. And th- that's like a thing that you kind of see in like liberal media a lot, where, where people talk about like Sean Hannity had that moment, I think, I, I don't remember if he was like in court or something. But he he mentioned like, oh, I'm an entertainer. I'm not a journalist. And it's like oh, people would be like, oh, that means he doesn't believe what he does. And it's like, well, no. Like, OK, so I actually I want to yeah. talk about that in a second because we're going to we're okay. going to get to that. I want to start with like Alex's um, where he comes from. 
Okay. Um, now, I have four books up here on the screen. Juniper, do you have a familiarity with any of these books? I, I don't think I do. Um, no, none of them. Alex, do you have a familiarity with any of these books? Uh, no. Caleb, which of these books are you familiar with? Behold a Pale Horse. I have a copy of it on my shelf behind me. I have a <laughs> copy of it underneath my computer monitor. It is propping up my commuter, computer monitor alongside my <laughs> my uh, uh, my. Complete... Oh, and none dare to call it a conspiracy. I know that one, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's the might. one that started this whole damn thing. What about the other one? Oh, no. What about the other one? I got to move the, the thing out of the way. Uh, what's the, I don't know a program to kill uh, chariots of the gods. I do not know that one. You don't know chariots of the gods? Nope. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Alex Jones is a community college dropout from Austin Community College or some such thing. Though no, he's from Waco. Who cares about his personal life? Uh, <laughs> he was birthed out of the conspiracy Holy Trinity, which everybody say it with me. Ruby Ridge, Waco, and the Oklahoma City bombings. <laughs> is that is that like a known trinity? I, I don't know. Yeah, if I know that's any like um, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, and the Zombies, but for like bored uh, uh, Gen X and no, the they're the Beatles, guys. Rolling Stones. No, <laughs> fuck that. They are the Beatles, Bob Dylan, and the band. They are not. They know. They know the Zombies. These are the. <laughs> these are fucking heavy ass hitters in the conspiracy. Especially, I mean, like, so these three things happened either concurrently or right before the premiere of The X-Files. And I want to say about The X-Files um, and the television show Ancient Aliens, which came after it. In 1969, uh, for whatever reason, uh, some group had whatever occasion to ask the general American public the following question. Do you believe that the devil is real? And for whatever reason, a certain number of people answered that question. And what they answered was no. About like 70% said, no, I do not believe that the devil was real. For whatever reason, a separate group, for a separate reason, asked this same question like five years later in like 1973. Uh, and asked them, do you believe that the devil is real? And 70% of them said, yes. Now, what changed between 1968 and 1973? The release of the film... The Exorcist. Oh, The Exorcist. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding is that exorcism was not particularly common and and the 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 sensationalized aspect like even in popular culture it wasn't something that people were that aware of. And then The Exorcist came out and now suddenly it is it is a thing that people assume and is just part of the bedrock of Catholicism even though it's like pretty fringe. So the Catholic Church must have gone nuts when they saw the box office on that movie. <laughs> Holy shit. They're like, big day for us. <laughs> so let's say hypothetically, right before The X-Files becomes a television show, a group of right-wing libertarian extremists in the Pacific Northwest hole up with a bunch of children uh, and guns and claim to be their own sovereign nation that the, uh, the United States cannot enter. Uh, let's say that the federal marshals, the FBI, decide to set up uh, snipers and uh, in aiming for a man, accidentally shoot a woman and a child with the same bullet, resulting in basically everyone in the compound being shot out and most of them dying. And then a different guy in Waco, Texas, sets up his 
own sort of compound right around the time that the X-Files comes out in response to that first killing. And he refuses to capitulate to the Justice Department, leading to the Justice Department using psychological torture on his Texas church and eventually burning the church down with children inside of it. And as revenge, after X-Files has debuted, a white supremacist named Timothy McVeigh rented a U-Haul truck and made enough fertilizer explosive to nearly take down a skyscraper in Oklahoma City, killing, uh, was it 46, injuring 800, including like 30 kids. Uh, Oklahoma City bombing in uh, 1998, I think. Um, And those three events, Ruby Ridge, Waco, and Oklahoma City, shaped Alex's show into what they were. Um, On top of that, Alex had read some books. Now, Program to Kill came out in 2004. That isn't really with the, like, early 2000s conspiracy jive, but Behold a Pale Horse... Can I guess what that one is? Can I guess what Program to Kill is? Yeah, yeah, Is it it about MKUltra and, like, the, the, like, idea that like the CIA w- was like basically training and like trying to influence serial killers. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Okay. That the serial killers were killing certain kinds of people on purpose for specific reasons that some of the serial mm. killer victims were specific targets of the federal government. Right. Okay. And that book came out in 2004 and basically says that like Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer, the, the, the reason we don't hi- hitchhike anymore the guy who would pick up hitchhikers and if they were alone, he would uh, uh, kill them and sodomize their corpses is the same as the guy who had a psychotic break and murdered his neighbors because he felt like there was too much blood in his head is the same as Charles Manson, who never actually killed anybody. Like all these guys are the same in this book for some reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but these books. So, uh, Caleb, do you want to describe uh, William Cooper's Behold the Pale Horse for, for our audience? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, <laughs> so, you know, Behold the Pale Horse with the, the Four Horsemen. It's kind of like, a, I guess, a foretelling or, or a preeminent warning of like various kinds of conspiracy theories. Um, I don't really know much about uh, Milton Cooper. I read that book when I was... <sighs> a teenager based on the recommendation of a previously mentioned friend. Um, <laughs> Damn. Same guy. Same guy. Yeah. yeah same guy. <laughs> he also, he, he rocks. Also, I love him. Yeah. He, he also had me um, read, uh, this is how I found out about Henry Kissinger. And he had me read uh, some one of Kissinger's books too, uh, who I think he got that recommendation. This is a diatribe. Sorry, but from Jesse Ventura was like, how you got to read like know your enemy kind of thing or whatever that's an alex jones thing too that's a big alex jones thing is yeah 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 um and i and i remember being like damn probably like 22 or 23 i was like why am i reading this shit i'm like go (laughs) go try to get pussy or something this is so fucking lame why am i reading this shit but it's like you know kind of like a a warning of like different kinds of conspiracy theories. And um, it's kind of like a, the North star for like the old, old intrepid uh, early conspiracy theorist. Mm. So yeah, your description is true of behold a pale horse entirely. It is also true of none dare call it a conspiracy, a book I have not <laughs> read, but I have read behold a pale horse. Uh, behold a pale horse is a, uh, the rantings of a madman who probably should have been in therapy. <laughs> 
<laughs> he claims he saw aliens when he was in the Navy. Now, I'm actually not going to say he was lying about that specifically. Wasn't it like, I vaguely remember, it was like pretty racist and anti-Semitic too, if I remember correctly. I'm going to get to that. Uh, yeah, okay. The book opens with him seeing aliens while he was in the Navy. And if anybody knows anybody who was a, not a five and dive, but like a career naval officer or a career Air, Air Force officer, those motherfuckers see st- stuff on the ocean. They see stuff in the sky. I can't explain it. Maybe they were just tired. But William Cooper wrote it as if it was real. And he says he saw a craft shoot out of the water and then dive back into the water. And he had two fellow uh, witnesses. And that sort of led him down this path. And he realized that this thing goes all the way to the top. And it's not just aliens, but it's also all this other stuff. The third chapter is um, the reprinting of a text known as uh, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Um, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's chapter. That's the good shit. That's chapter three <laughs> of "Behold a Pale Horse." However, yeah. he replaced the word "Jews" with the word "Illuminati." Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah, God. I actually haven't read the whole book. It's just nonsense. I mean, it's just like it's just like claptrap and bullshit. It's just this guy like. They made the weather weapons that like okay so this is the thing chemtrails are chemtrails in there is that no so chemtrails is not so chemtrails is none call it dare call it a conspiracy the the, (laughs) between these two books if it's chemtrails so FEMA camps that's William Cooper FEMA camps Mm. I think are in the intro to behold the pill horse he does not (laughs) waste time with the FEMA camp stuff FEMA camps were a big problem for William Cooper Uh, none dare call it a conspiracy I think are the chemtrails and like the specific connection of like communists to the UN to the Illuminati. Bill Cooper leaves a lot of that stuff a lot more vague. Um, and so these two books are kind of like the one two punch Behold to Pale Porous and, and, and None Dare, Dare Call It Conspiracy by Gary Allen. Um, those are the two big ones. Program to Kill is like a later one about serial killers who were targeting their 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 victims based on CIA programming. And this last book here, Chariot of the Gods, um, is the basis for the History Channel uh, original series, Ancient Aliens. Um, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> one of the best shows ever created in America. And Ancient Aliens is largely based on the Eric von Daniken book, Chariot of the Gods, which is about how aliens taught the Egyptians to build the pyramids. More or less. <laughs> it's about We're talking about these books, other stuff as well, about- but it's mostly about that. <laughs> That's what I think everyone knows about that show, like more than anything. Yeah. But, but talking about these books and like these kind of conspiracies is, is making me realize that we don't have conspiracy theorists quite built like this anymore. Like they're just different. They're not reading these books. I feel like they're they're not consulting the the the, the quadrant of these four texts. You know what? Your like conspiracy theorists today just not are not as strong. Doing the work. You know yeah, what? They, they, don't, do, they haven't put in the work. You know what they you're don't describing need to because it's just everywhere. It's like everywhere yeah. now. So they don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say, Gene. You're describing a monoculture. It's like everybody was watching <laughs> X Files. And so everybody knew about conspiracy theories. And so when somebody was like, oh, the Illuminati, and they're like, oh, I heard about that from the television. Yeah, people are like gatekeeping. Oh, the Illuminati, please get back to me in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Read up. 
Uh, yeah, I think that like I think that well, like Alex Jones had said um, when he was a child, he wrote none uh, uh, none dare call it a conspiracy. Like his neighbor, his dad's friend, or his neighbor. He gave it to says him or something. he was like nine when he read that book. Yeah, so clearly, like if you start reading this insane John Birch Society shit when you're like prepubescent, you are going to be just absolutely <laughs> your brain is pickled at that point. Yeah, if you see none dare call it a conspiracy theory uh, or none. It's. I'm sorry. I've said the title wrong every single time. The title of the book. <laughs> the title of the book is "None Dare Call It Conspiracy" by Gary Allen with Larry. You should have just kept Abraham. saying it wrong. But here's you the thing. Just said it wrong the whole time. That would have we'll been a good bit. Wrong. <laughs> I'll make it my business. And what? <laughs> Thank you. What you said is very important. Caleb, because Eric Von Daniken is not, but I'm pretty sure William Cooper, Larry Abraham, Gary Allen, and Senate Congressman John G. Schmitz, who wrote the intro to None Dare Call It Conspiracy, were all members of the John Birch Society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think Bill Cooper is a founding member of the John Birch Society. It's like, not like these are right wing ideologues. They're all connected, folks. I mean, they are. <laughs> they work together to do this. Uh, the so, Avengers of racism, dude. They are <laughs> for real. Yeah, this is the origin. This is pre. Speaking, this is pre-Avengers. This is MCU before the Avengers. But what is the Avengers of racism if they're not meeting in person? And what is the meeting in person of the Avengers of racism if not Bohemian Grove? Oh um, fuck yeah! Let's go. So what what is to be said about Bohemian Grove? How do you, how do you guys? I, I don't want to intro Bohemian Grove. How would you guys intro Bohemian? What is Bohemian Grove? Um, Richard Nixon had uh, some slurs to say about it. Well, don't say the slurs, but what he like hint he at? Said it was, he could, hey, actually, Juniper, you say the slur. He said it was a certain thingiest place he's ever <laughs> been. Thing, faggiest? Yeah, yeah. Is, right. is that the slur? <laughs> yeah, I can say it. It's allowed. <laughs> so he was there. He went to that. Yeah, Richard Nixon oh was God. there. So I don't know too much about I don't know too much about Bohemian Grove is what so, I'm learning. So oh, I will okay. say that Richard Nixon got taken by Haldeman, and Haldeman goes every year or went every year before his untimely passing. Rest, rest in peace, Dick Haldeman. But um, <laughs> he he uh, yeah, Haldeman took him, and that was that was Nixon's only review of the thing. <laughs> so wait, was it was Bohemian Grove basically just like a summit? For like the con- like the biggest conspiracy theorist wi- weirdos. No, in America it's not a summit. No, no, this is a meeting of the most powerful people in America, mm. and what it basically is is a um, it's like summer camp, but it's like a week long. It's like a retreat. It's like a it's like a it's like a party. It's like a it, it's fun. Um, and it's just the wealthiest people in the world who all get together. It's kind of like Davos, but instead of coming up with good ideas, they get extremely drunk. And women are not like permitted. Like a frat thing. Women okay, are, women I are, see. Women are not allowed. Like, there are weird rules about it, too. Like, you have to pee outside. and uh, No, no. Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was going to bring it up. Uh, <laughs> the peeing outside thing isn't ritualized, but it is kind of part of it. Um, <laughs> because it's not women, a rule. It's more of a suggestion. <laughs> because, <laughs> because women are not uh, permitted to attend. Um they have it, it so this is like a woods sort of cabin retreat thing it's like a high class in the woods uh, resort most of the year um 
but every year it becomes the grove for these guys and and the goal of bohemian grove is to sort of uh, slough off some of the burdens of power and live a bohemian lifestyle to like sort of go into this place where you don't have to worry about being the president of france or whatever you can just be a guy you know you're just hanging out with your boys and you're getting drunk and you're and you're you're putting on sketches for the other boys uh which is a part of it um they do sketch they do like summer camp shit they do like sketches they do little tricks they do a show arts and crafts they do arts and crafts <laughs> and oh this is incredible and they have female service members who are like not they have like a path there was like tape put on the ground for where ladies are allowed to walk men can go out anywhere including male service staff of course I because think, uh, dick nixon might have been right yeah this sounds pretty gay it's pretty it gay really sounding yeah why why is like all this fraternized like right-wing powerful nonsense all like he's right and it's so gay it smells like piss the whole time because because <laughs> they're peeing everywhere <laughs> they're peeing everywhere because they piss <laughs> everywhere most of it is an outdoor <laughs> resort they have like little cabins but most of it's an outdoor resort and men can pee wherever they want they are actually encouraged to not use the restroom it is not a oh my god it is not a rule that they can't use the restroom but if you are say a 19 year old college girl who works at a diner whose friend has a connect that can get you a summer job at the Bohemian Grove, then you may accidentally see Henry Kissinger's penis just fucking serving the hors d'oeuvres. Uh, that is just part of this like thing. And that is what I've heard from like every tell-all from Bohemian Grove, including from Alex Jones, who attended Bohemian Grove in 1999 with expose journalist John Ronson, uh, who also is the source for a lot of my information on Alex Jones and also the reason a lot of people know who Alex Jones is. John Ronson, who wrote The Psychopath Test and The Men Who Stare at Goats, wrote a short article about uh, going to Bohemian Grove with Alex Jones. John Ronson, a uh, journalist for, I think, like one of the big London newspapers or something at the time, he shows up at Bohemian Grove and they let him in without a wristband. And Alex Jones insisted on sneaking in the back way. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they showed up together, but Alex Jones left the car and insisted on sneaking in. And they let John in. He wants Ronson to be cool in. so bad. They let John Ronson in. He wants no to be a spy. Asked. <laughs> and so the end of Bohemian Grove very famously ends with the burning of an effigy. The effigy is of an ancient symbol of wisdom because the whole reason of Bohemian Grove is to not be wise, is to not be powerful, is to not be useful. You're just supposed to be there to have fun. This isn't like Davos. The same people go to Bohemian Grove that go to Davos. But at Davos, they're like, hey, we found a new way to make you eat bugs. And at Bohemian Grove, they're <laughs> like, we sucked each other off and nobody's ever going to hear about it. And <laughs> at the end of it, they burn the ancient image of wisdom, the owl, which is also the ancient, ancient image of the occult. So when they burn an owl in effigy in front of Alex Jones with John Ronson sitting next to him, <laughs> they assume <laughs> this is a satanic ritual <laughs> and that there's a oh, real amazing. person inside of the owl. and They're killing a person. <laughs> 
this the the end uh, in order to show that they are uh, uh, unburdened by their responsibilities they end with this uh, the ceremony called the cremation of care and they burn this owl but alex jones says they don't care about humanity so they are burning a actual human in order to show that they do not care about people and that is what the that's creation of care that's is. That's just like you, you like you know how like it's like some sort of conspiracy theorists will see like like uh what's that like furniture uh website it, there, there's like those furniture websites Wayfair where they're yeah where there'll be like a picture of of a kid on like a twenty thousand dollar couch and they'll be like oh they have a child trapped in there or something like if you buy this twenty thousand couch there's gonna be a kid in there that's like the same sort of like mindset. Well, continuing with that mindset. Um, there was a uh, discovery in the mid-2000s that uh, BPA, the chemical that they put inside of uh, drink containers to make sure that the liquid does not seep into the plastic, um, had a shelf life that was not actually um, uh, advertised by the DuPont company that invented BPA. And so the runoff from that stuff actually had a much lower half-life and because of that um the runoff from a lot of bpa producing factories uh spilled into the water this led to plants producing extra phytoestrogen uh which is a plant chemical uh that signifies uh the ability to receive other kinds of plant chemicals it isn't estrogen that is like uh naturally occurring in in human women uh this is um this is phytoestrogen from plants that bpa causes uh to be produced in plants um it, a lot of people a lot of like right wingers think like it, it can be uptaken by like the human body but it just it can't it is so like a phyto, totally separate so thing phytoestrogen is very high in soy production which is why people think that soy makes you gay the whole idea of like you're a soy <laughs> male comes from the idea that phytoestrogen would make you more womanly uh bpa does increase the amount of phytoestrogen in plants and animals that eat those plants especially amphibious animals that can spontaneously change sex um eat those plants and occasionally will spontaneously change sex um causing them to have sex with other frogs that can't result in children um or they're putting chemicals in the water to make the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> Iconic moment. <laughs> yeah. one, one of the that was like the moment that where I, like I saw Alex Jones shit like not just online. Like I was on campus at school, and of course it is like a lot of like college kids. So like sure they're not like the average demographic, but I was like at my at one of my campus's like meal centers. And a couple of tables away from from me, there was like a guy showing his friend that clip of Alex Jones. I could like hear it just like out loud. Like Alex Jones at that moment is that that, that was like when he per, like perpetuate like or like like became more of a cultural phenomenon. I feel like, and it's funny because like he he I guess he's not technically wrong that <laughs> the frogs were turning gay a little bit. I guess he's actually way more right than he is normally. <laughs> <laughs> in the gay frog stuff. Uh, BPA is harmful. And uh, it's basically been removed from all of our drinking 
uh, containers since then. Um, the world is a lot safer because of that person who discovered the link between uh, chemical irregularities and BPA. Uh, what Alex talked about is is a different thing entirely, I think. <laughs> Just sort of his own <laughs> sort of shit. And if you've ever seen this, I didn't pull the clip. We've got a lot of great clips of Alex coming up. I know we're already at an hour, but I told you guys I could talk about this guy for a really long time, and I, there's there's really a lot to say about this guy. Uh, I mean, I've I've already learned a lot about like Bohemian <laughs> Grove and all that shit. So the thing with the gay frog stuff is that like he wasn't wrong, <laughs> so you could. <laughs> justify a purchase of a t-shirt that says alex was right and that's actually all he wants um alex jones is like selling stuff like this is the this is the thing i haven't talked a lot about yet because i sort of want to get into his worldview because his worldview and his job are kind of different and a lot of people assume his worldview is his job but his worldview is extreme like he like has these really fringe sort of psychotic political beliefs, but the way he presents them is actually less extreme than what he actually believes. And so like there's a clip of him dressing up as a gay frog with a tutu on and he's hopping around the studio and stuff. And people are like, this guy's so crazy, but it's like, no, he's not crazy. <laughs> the story came out on Facebook or whatever the fuck that like the gay frog thing wasn't fake. The gay frog thing was real. Sometimes frogs become gay because of chemicals in the water. And so what does Alex do? He dresses up in a tutu and he makes himself seem more insane. So then people can be like, <laughs> Alex Jones is insane. Did you hear what he said about the gay frogs? And then somebody could be like, yeah, man, here's this hilarious video of him pretending to be a gay frog. By the way. Did you know the gay frog stuff was actually legit? Like Alex was kind of right about that shit. Did you know that? Here, let me show you another Alex video because this is kind of some crazy shit too, if you think about it. That's the end of the main feed episode of Western Kabuki. If you want to hear over an hour more on Alex Jones, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Western Kabuki, which is just five bucks a month unless you want to give us more. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash Western Kabuki. Um, thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>